You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Okay, okay, this is a Geico commercial, a 30-second one, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you. Eh, the lizard voice doesn't work. But please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. That's the same amount of years as I've been alive. <laughs> at any time you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. The company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 54321, I'm out of time. Now, Podcast One brings you Spike's Car Radio, a downloadable cars and coffee, hosted by writer, comedian, and automotive enthusiast Spike Ferriston. Now, here's Spike. Hey, everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Spike's Car Radio. You know, uh, a lot has been said about me, but I think what. Uh, if there were one thing people say about Spike first, and they say, you know what, he's a company man. He's someone who, you you hire him and he gives you 110% for your company. And Podcast One, my home. Um, I, I'm grateful to those folks for putting, a, for putting me on the air and letting me do this little stupid Porsche show that we do. And, you know, uh, from time to time, I, I look at... The other 199 shows, half of those are Corolla, by the way. He does, uh, I think, 100 of the Podcast One shows, and then the rest of us are the other 100. And I, and I look for talent and, and people to come on this show who I think you guys, uh, and I say guys because uh, I'm learning it's 90% men listening to this right now. They're nodding in, in traffic. They're nodding in their workshops going, yes, we're men. And you 10% of women, I know you'll reach out to me on Instagram and tell me you're listening too. And we're happy to have you here. But because we have 90% guys, there's this podcast called Zane's World that just started maybe last November. Not too new, but relatively new. It's doing really well. Um, And it's uh, featuring a guy named Zane Lamprey. And he's here today. He's a 100% guy. And there he is. And this guy, you know, he's got a lot going on. If you're into the... uh, into the travel shows if you're into alcohol you're like the like the boozy anthony bourdain wasn't anthony bourdain the boozy <laughs> anthony bourdain <laughs> he was i don't know where to start with you why don't you why don't you tell us who you think you are because you are uh you know it, 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 right away you're i can tell you're an esquire man like like i was you know you seem like a- anything you would have done would have been on the esquire network yeah. like car matchmaker was on right yeah and you've had travel shows that have been on Netflix. Well, you know, it's Net- funny. Net- I, I just got done telling this whole story to my Uber driver on the way over. Okay. Give us the short I will repeat myself for you. Yeah, that was the, that was the over-the-hill over version. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, where do you even start? I, 
right now, so my I'm going to work backwards because I usually work okay. the other way. But but so right now my new show Four Sheets is on Drink TV. Okay. And in that show I keep going. travel around. Are you leaving? You're just leaving. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll keep talking. Uh, in that show I travel around the world uh, exploring different drink cultures. Okay. And um uh and just fade, get to. Sorry. Fade <laughs> up. You can't fade them. What do we usually do here? What, what's happening? Why can't we get some light but not all of it? Thanks. <laughs> Those are the annoying lights. All right, here oh, we that's go. beautiful. Look at this. That. Now we got it. Thank you. All right. It's funny. I always have these on, so I'm going to put these on because for some reason I feel more comfortable with them. You on. can wear headphones. It's totally fine. You look ridiculous. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I always mess with the lights and everything. I like Now I like it like this, yeah. right? Doesn't it feel like we're in a bar? No, no. Now it feels too intimate. Well, that's and I feel, what I want. I, I feel a little uncomfortable, and I'm not even sure. Like, I don't even know what to do with my well, hands. Well, did you? You didn't. Why bring do you need any, to sit so close to me? You didn't bring any so alcohol. Weird. You didn't, <laughs> didn't bring. That's your whole thing. I didn't. I didn't. All right. So, I didn't so want to. I, I didn't want to be drunk for the. You were into ride. the new show. Yeah. And you were talking about drink TV. Uh-huh. And and uh, and this is, I believe, this is an offshoot of the whole Esquire network itself, right? Because it began with a, the the Brew Dogs, who yeah. had a show on Esquire. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, the Brew, the the Esquire network, as you know, went down. Well, you know that intimately, I, I guess, yeah. as well. But so, and then the the Brew Dogs said, "Well, you know, we we have a great show, right? And we." Want the world to see it, so let's go around and let's pitch it to another network. If it was so good, let's someone else would pick it up. And they were they were programming to a demo yeah. that right now is being largely ignored yes. by conventional television. And I picking, see it every day. But you're picking them up with your podcast. Yes. So yes. Uh, and so they said, "Well, we're we're rich. I don't know if you consider some the Brew Dogs are rich. Did you not know this? No, I did not know that. The valuation of their company is <laughs> one point two billion. Wow! Yeah. What? And you know, I read this this morning that you know Tito from Tito's Vodka. Yes. Is now the five hundred third richest guy in the world. Come on. The valuation. I don't know if it's his or the company, but he owns the company. Four billion. Is this why Ryan Reynolds is selling gin? That's why everyone's Clooney like, I need to get. Yeah, exactly. Holy well, moly! Well, Clooney's was another thing. Now, what is those what, guys what, got in and out quick? Yeah, they did. But the Brew Dogs, I thought they were just brewing beer out of unconventional things like, uh, so, like grass yeah, trimmings. Okay, so, and... so they're they're the largest craft brewers in Europe. Wow! And so we just largely don't know them over here so this and is why they want to do their show for free exactly yeah exactly <laughs> so don't, that doesn't money doesn't matter to them yeah so they they did so they said all right well esquire went off the air that's just a hurdle so we're going to start our own network mm-hmm. called drink tv got it and 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 put everything drinks on there because they were getting pushback by other networks um about content that had alcohol i mean you you know the, i know the, their the show is deal. those those guys were just Making beer in a fun way, right? They—that's it, right? But but alcohol. Some networks or most networks were feel like no, we can't touch this. We won't get sponsors and all that kind of thing. And so, Drink TV. These guys with 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 um, uh, Chris and Jared, the guys who run Drink TV, they said, you know, let's just make a we're place do to celebrate it. Well, yeah, most people, ourselves. most of you at home, don't understand is. Conventional television is dying right now, and it's because of stuff like this. Do you it's just, think that they don't know? Do you think? Do, are we just so close to it out here that we understand? We that? all know it. I don't. I, I think folks, you know, are cutting the cord and going, "Yeah, I don't really need this," and they're starting to realize that they maybe have already left conventional television. Yeah, <laughs> but I, but, know, but it's because of this stuff right here, and and, and drink TV. 
You know, I've always thought this. Somebody is going to walk in and go, well, I'll make the Esquire network and somebody else's bandwidth. I'll mm-hmm. just put an app on Apple TV or in Roku or any of these places, and yeah. it will become its own network. Right. Therefore, I will steal something that NBC Universal had. Right. Right? And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing. Um. I guess so on some level, but I mean, well, as- you don't have the interference. You're not beholden to sponsors. Right. You're not. You don't have you don't some have all network. That, you don't have all that network money telling you. <laughs> well, that you know yeah. that comes yeah. like you're saying. It's yeah. you know the network money in that space is not big. Right. If you if you sign on, if you're a housewife doing a show at Bravo, you Which would I am. not you would not believe what they're paying you in that first season. Right. It's like maybe it's a thousand dollars an episode. Right. Maybe. And that's what we were talking about and before. They, and, but they also say to you, they say, we're gonna take ten percent of anything you earn after this right. uh, out of promotion, right. right? Because they've caught on to what was it a uh, um skinny girl skinny no, girl who's cocktails. The guy, I mean, uh, Emeril, Emeril, Emeril Lagasse was the guy that basically helped to build Food Network right. and became very wealthy yeah. from it. And so from that point on, they're now making sure that they carve out your future and yeah, any No, no, they're being greedy. Yeah. They realize sure. their business has nothing. They're not making any sure. money. They're not even going to pay you. Sure. They're saying, we're going to make you famous. Right. And then that's, it's up to you to monetize that. And then you're going to monetize it and we're going to take a piece of it. Right. It's like, fuck you. Yeah, fuck yeah that's very you. accurate. Right? Done. No, yeah. no, that's exactly what happened. It yeah. happened to me when I signed with Esquire Network. I said, I kind of had a name before I showed yeah. up here, gang. You, you did a few things. <laughs> I'm not yeah. giving you anything. Right. No, but I'll do a show for you. I like you. <laughs> I'll do a show. I'm not in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I mean, look, the, the now Drink TV is is a uh, they are celebrating all things beverage, so beer, wine, everything like that, but not boring stuff. I mean, if you go there, drinktv.com, whatever, you can see the sizzle from my show and other things like that. So that's that's where I am today. So we're, just so we're talking about it, we're, yeah. we're on Roku, we're on Apple TV, yeah. we're on all of our phone devices. Yeah. Apple Fire's coming soon, yeah, and you can sign up for two ninety nine a month, yeah. Or for thirty bucks a year, or that's one it, drink. That's one drink in New York. What City. drink are you eating for thirty dollars? Oh, in, in New York City, <laughs> yeah. if you use uh, coupon code Zane, yeah, you get it for nineteen ninety nine for the year. So we're signing deal. up. Wow, there you go. What are you doing? Are you signing up right now? Look at you. God bless you. God bless <laughs> I'm not. You. <laughs> I'm not, damn it. You don't hear any keys being put. I will check it out on my Apple TV. That's yeah, when I watch things, yeah, right? Yeah. I ha- I it's funny. Me- I, when I started, so to work back in time, I, I, I'm doing the four sheets now um, for Drink TV. And then, and then before that, I, was, I did a show called Chug, right. which I kickstarted because everyone was saying no to it. And then before that, I did, so that, that ended up on Nat Geo and then Netflix. Before that, I did uh, Drinking Made Easy for Mark Cuban's channel, HGNet. Mm-hmm. And then before that, um, I did a show called Three Sheets for four seasons where I traveled around, around the world drinking. So that created my <laughs> brand and then, and then let me forward to where I am now. When you get, the same thing. When you get your yearly physical, what's your liver enzyme? Is seven. It's it high? What's, seven. What's a good number? What's it supposed to be, like a thousand? I have no idea. It's seven. I always know mine's elevated. It's elevated again. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I don't know. All right. Well, let, let's talk about um, first your podcast here, okay. which we started with. Yeah. Tell, tell me about that. And then I want to get into a little bit about what you like to drink and where you like to travel and some of the travel clothes, too. Like, you're, yeah. not, you're not the Scotty Vest guy, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Zany jacket <laughs> guy. Um... <laughs> So, you know, what's, here's what's interesting about the podcast. I enjoy – so I do it out of my house. Right. And um, I get these just amazing, interesting people to come over, and we mostly just talk about 
them, not like their projects and what's coming up. And people are welcome to do that and that kind of thing. But usually that gets out of the out of the way. Like we just got out of the way really quick and right. now we're getting real. Um, and I'll just have these like great people on that they'll just open up and like you know it's. I prepare for the interview to go a certain way, and it never ends up it never that goes way, that way right. which is which is great because I. I'm a naturally inquisitive kind of person, mm-hmm. and I just want to know. Like I had uh, Ian Ziering on last week, and I just I'm just fascinated with Sharknado, but also the fact that like he started doing 90210 when he was 26. Here he is, eight years out of high school, and he gets to get, go back into it, and then just other things that he's got going on, and mm-hmm. and some great other actors and people that I that I admire, and and so that's really what this show is about. I I. I have the interviews in the middle, and then the wraps. So at the beginning, and the end are me, my wife, and then my my buddy Steve. Um, so your wife is your co-host. Rep. My wife, yeah. Does that get difficult? It doesn't. Are you sure? Yeah. She's not. She's not like. A, is she got? Why? Act? What did she tell you? Well, I just I know if I put my my wife in front of a microphone, yeah. I wouldn't get a word in. You know, so I've kept her out of this studio on purpose. And then, by the way, she found her way in on a different podcast. That is so. That, I, so I showed up here one day, and she was at the mic, and she just waved through the glass. Yes, that is not what you're saying is not unique to you. That's the same. It's the same thing on mine. That's why she's like she's like no the interview thing I'll do because because like. She produced my TV shows, even Four Sheets. She was okay. one of the producers on that. That's great. And so, she, and so she knows Steve, who's been my friend for 25 years. And really, it's an opportunity for just the three of us to just catch up mm-hmm. and and just talk about things. And then we talk about the guests. Then we go and come back into it. And we, we read a few uh, emails from people and stuff like that. But usually, it's just like, hey, here's what's going on in my life. It's a lot easier for me to have her tell her perspective rather mm-hmm. than me tell her perspective, which would be very inaccurate. <laughs> well, let's get into traveling and drinking. Yeah. They, these things have always been of interest to you? You've always been a traveling no. drinker? Did you start no. out as a bartender? I used to bartend. That, I mean, I, I mean got me sure, into I, the... I, ha- I have bartended, and then I got you know, I drank so, my way through college. But when I when I moved out here, I didn't come out here to be a host. I came out here to be to, to acting. And then when I realized that hosting and that kind of thing just came more naturally to me right. and seemed more fun, that was sort of the road I went down. But if I – I mean, I was – I was hired to do three sheets because these people liked me, thought I was funny, and thought I'd be fun to have a beer with. Mm-hmm. And then I started learning. But I, I literally didn't know the difference between fermentation, distillation, or infusion at that point. At that point, I, I didn't understand the intricacies of it. And that's, I think, what made the show charming is I wasn't trying to, like, teach people. I was learning, and people were learning with right, me. Right, right. But if I had a car show or I had a gardening show, I would now be known as the car or the gardening guy. Um, but but it ended but it ended up being drinking. I could have been the gu- guinea pig guy. That yeah. was the thing, you know. So it ended up being drinking, and that's and that's who I am. And at certain points, I've I've considered sort of departing. Maybe I'm going to make it more about travel. And I start making it more about travel, and everyone's like, "Yeah, travel, travel. That's fine." But what are you drinking when you travel? I'm like, "Okay, now you're trying to pull me back into drinking." But that's fine. I do enjoy it. Well, that's where you have to lead. You don't do what your audience wants. You have to take them to places, and you have to show them. But yeah. aren't you thinking about this Clooney money, this Brew Dogs money, and going, "Well, don't I need a piece of what is the alcohol industry worth these days? How many oh billions? Like well, th- as mean, a whole." What is that uh, I number? Think, I mean, if the brew dogs have 1.2 B, <laughs> I think I saw a number the other day that it was like something like half a trillion or something. Half a like trillion, that. right? 
And that's a big pie, right? You know how many walls you could build for that? Yes. Everywhere. <laughs> Around every state. Every town. And now, you know, I have a, I have a friend in uh, one of my, my neighbors who was, like, looking around for a business about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm going to get into alcohol. And I go, what do you mean? And he threw out that number. He goes, this is what. He wants the, a piece this, of that pie. This is the amount of money people are spending on alcohol. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, start. He was in commercial real estate. I'm going to start opening bars up. Downtown LA, bunch of players just gonna start buying them up and making them cool. And I hope it worked. It did work. Okay, it worked good. really fast. Okay. Because and I've always just thought of the simplicity of that observation. He thought he saw that. Look at how much money people are spending. Right. Why don't I? Ha- why don't I take some of that? But I would imagine that he had some money to start off with. Yeah, he had a family that, with a commercial real estate business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but that... you, you're the same guy. You're a guy out there who's you know known for traveling and alcohol yeah. and. Where's where is it? Let's do something right now. Well, we're going to cut you in. I, what are, I mean, what are we going to sell? I have a rum company. Would you like to buy that? <laughs> I love rum. <laughs> yeah, I do so love I rum. So I didn't bring a bottle because I'm a dick. Well, that's all right. Okay, um, <laughs> but if I were going to pick, I think an alcohol to be a part of. Yeah. rum seems like the most fun. Right? Rum is absolutely the most fun if you think about some of the drinks that are made from that, like the mojito, right. The daiquiri, mojitos, greatest. Cuba I had mojitos in Cuba. Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. Um, what, but in, when I think of Ryan Reynolds and his gin company, I get a little nervous. Like, I don't know. Are that many people drinking gin right now? They are. They gin, are. Gin is hot. They all. They're all sort of in waves. So right now we are at the top of the gin wave. Right really? now. Really? Yeah. There's a gin wave. There is a gin wave. And, and, and it's how are people right drinking gin? Just go to a place that has that mentions the word mixology, mm-hmm. and then they're going to serve you a, a gin drink. Ah, so that's this how, is a, a hipster thing. It's a hipster thing. And sure. so, so tell me some of these drinks, because people listening are going to go. As far right. as gin is concerned, yeah, some, you can, some, do, you can some, have some... a shot of gin. You can have gin on the rocks. You could have. Uh, I don't know. Uh, this all see. sounds gin. bad so far. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 you could drink it right out of the bottle. Just uncap it and I lay don't in an alley. have all these. And drink gin, it. Gin and tonic. The gin and tonic gin is Ricky. a classic. That's... Just go with the classic. What is the gin, gin rippy? What is that? It's a gin rippy. It's like oh, gin, gin, gin and lime. I thought you were talking about like Rod, Rodney Allen rippy. Gin rippy. Gin ripper. No. This is great. You know, I won a, 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 a recipe contest. Uh, back in the day, I used Four. to be bartender at Legal Seafoods. Really? Had, which where, where? Which one? In Park Plaza. And oh, in they, New York. And Campari came in, and they said we're having a contest for whoever can make the most delicious Campari cocktail. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Campari is? Yeah, that sure. That horrible, of horrible red. Is it yeah, Italian yeah, yeah. liqueur? It's a uh, yeah, exactly. It tastes awful. So I just mi- mixed it with some peach schnapps and a little bit of uh, cranberry juice and a little bit of I think orange juice. Just to take away the Campari taste from <laughs> Campari, <laughs> and I'll to tell you hide what the taste of Campari. From I Campari. won. I won that. Did you contest. really? That's yes, fantastic. It was an up drink. Was it served over ice? I'm, it I'm was. Sure. Yeah, it, foofy. It foofy nice. drink. You know, That's oranges, nice. a little bit of cherry. Yeah, yeah. I, it could you have been the only guy who a, ended it too. I was going to say, become a diabetic before you got drunk from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I liked all those melon drinks, the the Midori drinks, and all that stuff. Oh, I, see, I miss bartending. I bartended in New York too. Yeah, I bartended a bunch back in the day, and that's really a lot of those things were like. That was when the most the most elevated you would get would be the Cosmopolitan, right? right. And yeah. now it's every bartender has this book that they keep with right. a few hundred recipes that they're always mi- messing around with, but making some pretty amazing. I know, things. but the, what's hard for me to imagine. So one of the one of the last bars I bartended at was down at South Street Seaport, and it was for the Wall Street crowd, mm-hmm. and we were in the volume business. It was like you've got to be making at least twenty drinks a minute, yeah. and you know it's it was like the stock floor. It People were like just going a, ah, 
five like, deep and like you're just like cocktails and dreams and... yeah there's no time to mix anything yeah. it's just get me my goddamn drink fast they're but, they, yelling but i'm sure you. they were pretty simple drinks yeah they are yeah but that's what i mean so yeah. it's you know now you're saying it's it's a different culture that that we're there into... is still bartending right but then there's also the the sort of craft cocktail or mixology right, movement right. if you want to be douchey about it but but like so those guys it, you know it was sort of this thing where like so a buddy of mine um went to school in in italy for hospitality starting at like the high school level like mm-hmm. that they they had the programs to be you know so like when you became a bartender in a lot of other countries like europe you know you you weren't on your way to doing something you were where you were going to be like being a bartender is a profession. Mm-hmm. It was seen by a lot of people, especially 10, 20 years ago and then beyond, as as a stopping point for someplace. You're going someplace else. You're like, oh, what do you do in your – what's your other job, right? But mm-hmm. now it's coming back and taking ownership of itself where people can have a career and become a rock star being a bartender. Wow. Did I just blow your mind? No. You just make me think I was in Italy last year and we were talking <laughs> – we were talking about that. We were yeah. just talking about everybody that we bumped into in the restaurants, on yeah. the boats, everywhere. This was their job. Right. And they took and such pride, right? Just pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Simple pride. Yeah. This is what I do, and I'm going to do it the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. That's missing here from the United States it, it, a little it, bit. It, it is slash was because it's really, like I said, it's really coming into itself where at one point it was just food and drink. Then Food Network came along, right? And really, that was the beginning of like of turning chefs into rock stars and celebrities, and making the food more important. Mm-hmm. The more it's like, I was talking to someone about like wine, and like I just enjoy like a nice red wine or a nice white wine, whatever it is, and like a good one. But the more you know about wine, the more particular you get. And the more expensive your habit becomes, right? right now you're right. collecting. Now, like, you won't touch anything that's not, you know, yeah. of, of a certain vintage or whatever it is that you like. And so the more you know, the, the more it's costing you. And that's kind of what's ha- what has happened in, the, like, the last 30 years with food is that we are all, as a culture, becoming more educated as to the offerings of food. And so once that sort of reached its apex, now we're going, okay, that's great. Now what's the drink community like? So that's why, like, the craft beer scene wasn't anything 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It slowly came into itself. And now, you know, I remember at a point where, like, like there was a time, wasn't too too long ago, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, when, like, Alabama didn't have a brewery. Mm-hmm. Now it would be unique to find a town that didn't have a city, right, right. a village that didn't have a now brewery. Now I see them in Santa Monica now. Yeah. What does it cost to start a brewery? Um, if I want to make my own beer, Spike's Car Radio beer. <laughs> All right, why don't you buy uh, Adams? <laughs> buy Adams at Endless Rant Beer. Um, Adam, Adam, he says he's got his own beer. Yeah, I know he has the sangria, right? Just Mangria, him, just, he calls it, which is just gross. Make him, just make him an offer, right? That sounds like semen of some the kind. The good it's thing, mangria. the difference with brewing and like <laughs> distilling is like home brewing is legal. I don't want to do it in my house. Home distill. Yeah, but the thing is, is like if you're asking for, are you asking for you or the people listening? Because there's two Both answers. Of us. Okay, for, for for I want all the answers. For general, in, in general, all you need is some home brew equipment, which you can go out and buy for a hundred bucks. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's and then, it. And then, yeah. Well, I want to make lots of these, lots of this beer. Okay, I then, want a big piece of then, that. Then do a good job. Five hundred billion dollar pie. But the thing is, is like we're at a time when 
a brewer like you could brewers are trying to steal brewers from right. other breweries because yes. they're so good. Wow. So now you have to get good at what you're doing and make it make it something that people want, make it unique or whatever it is, make it good. And then you start to expand. So like for anyone wanting to start a brewery, that's a reason why so many breweries are are starting up. They can you can start it like your neighbor with a bunch of real estate right. money or you can start it in your your garage or your closet in your dorm. And if you're doing a good job and you care enough about it to continually improve yourself, then you will have your staying power and you'll be able to grow. Well, is is the beer making equipment something that could explode at any moment? <laughs> it's not one no, of, no, it's but, not like the old fashioned well, stills no. we used to see. Well, so that's that's what distilling is. That's distilling, so, right? So distilling. So you, beer is safe. Beer so, making. So what? I'll just break it down. Like so, <laughs> you brew beer from sugar. Yep. Uh, and then you end up with something that has a low alcohol content. Right. And, and then, how long does that take? Uh, days. A couple of days. Yeah. Wow. And then if you then take this big thing of beer mm-hmm. and you turn the heat on, mm-hmm. the, the first thing, one of the first things that's going to evaporate will be alcohol. So the alcohol evaporates out, and then it condenses, then it turns down and it drips out. So like you'll take a beer, and you can pull the whiskey out of that with a still, and then Sorry, yeah, pull the alcohol and you're basically creating whiskey or a white whiskey or a vodka or whatever. I see. So so the, the distillation is expensive, which is why it's illegal <laughs> to, to do on certain sizes. Yes. And why moonshiners would go out in the middle of the <clears throat> woods. One, so they wouldn't see the smoke of people making it. Also, because if it exploded, it really wouldn't got do it. much harm. Totally get it. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back, I'll be right back in one minute with Spike Scarry. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home on the couch, on your motorcycle, at work, wherever. They're the go-to. Do not underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans, using their expertise in comfort and durability. Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, folks who like to keep moving. Whether you ride a motorcycle, a bronc, or a skateboard, or if you're the type who walks the beach in search of something special, these are the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, and a price that works. Vintage re-releases. Wrangler has something for everyone visit wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans shirts pants outerwear for men and women new styles great fits wrangler real comfortable jeans and shirts i'm wearing one of them right now you're listening to spikes car radio and we're back we're uh we're moonshining today folks we're moonshining we're learning how to do it uh properly and legally are you gonna like you, how much? How, I'm, how much I'm long you past, but you know, I'll tell you what. I remember, and again, this is going back to uh, legal seafoods again, mm-hmm. uh, legal seafoods days, where back. where uh, this guy came in with his beer, and we were introduced to him. We had a big restaurant meeting with all the servers and the bartenders, and they go, "We want to introduce you to this guy. Uh, he's making his own beer. It's mm-hmm. called Sam Adams. Never heard of it." And we think it's going to be huge. Yeah. And it had a Patriot on the label. No and we yeah, were just no laughing, just yeah. going, yeah, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> and I just remember thinking, well, what, he's going to compete against Budweiser? He's right. Gonna... Was, was that Jim Cook? It was. was. It, it was him? It was him. Okay. Is he still around? He is still around. Yeah. Yeah. He came in and he gave us his pitch. And, you know, we looked at each other. And we At the time, we're serving Bass Ale. Like, that was our yeah. cool of ale. Course. And, yeah. And then the domestic beers and yeah. Heineken's. And that was about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe Michelob on tap. Yeah, and Ooh. we thought, well, this guy 
We tried the beer. It was okay. But yeah. who wants this? Right. Who wants a small company beer? You know what it was? It, it had, and they'll, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll be the first to tell you, like, it had a lot more flavor. It did. But then you had to uh, expect that there was a market for it. You had to educate people of yes, why this beer tastes more. Yes, and that's what he was doing. He's yeah, walking exactly. around and doing in Boston. That's fantastic. And he's worth, what, billions now, right? He's he is worth be. billions. Uh-huh. Yeah. God damn it. He only pays himself like a dollar. But that's, sort of, but, but that's a bit deceptive, you know? Yeah. All this Him stuff that slipped Tito, through my there's hands. A few, yeah, there's a few, like... And by the way, these are people that I've become... Lucky enough to become friends with over the years and have gotten great advice from these guys. Yeah. And and really, their their advice always is, if you just make, make it because you love it and make it to be amazing, then right. you'll do fine. People that are coming in to do it to make turn money. a profit or flip yeah, it, yeah, yeah. you know, they're... I think you're, they're doing it for the wrong reasons, and at this point, we're so informed, it's difficult to not have be transparent with that. What's the least competitive uh, alcohol, do you think, out there? What do you um, think that is? Uh, um, triple sec? If we came out with our own triple sec? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny, because that's basically like a Grand Marnier, right? Like an it's not. It tries if to be. we want to come out with It's not even close a, to a Grand Marnier. We, let's come out with like a... Yeah. It's nothing. I don't know. I can't. You, by the way, I was trying. I thought we were going to work our way down to triple sec. You just went directly there. Yeah. Spikes triple sec. I always was intrigued by. Quadruple sec? What? Oh, I like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, my first job, and I was so excited to bartend when I was a kid, because I, I got a job bartending at 17 and a half in mm-hmm. Massachusetts, um, uh, Cape Cod adjacent in Buzzards Bay. Do you know where Buzzards mm-hmm. Bay is? Mm-hmm. And it was re- it was a seafood restaurant that doubled as an alcoholics bar, right? Sure? <laughs> yeah, just yeah, people yeah, there yeah, all yeah. day long. It's, and just it's get smelled me a smoke, drink. by the way. And the bar was a, a boat, an old fishing wow. boat that they had hollowed out. And they asked me if I wanted to bartend one day, and I said, yeah. And, and, and I said, but I don't know how to make the drinks. I know how to make a Cape Cotta mm-hmm. and a screwdriver yeah. and the beers, but yeah. that's it. Yeah. And they said, all these guys will tell you how to make them. That's it. And so I, <laughs> but when, then old ladies would come in and go, give me a grasshopper. Yeah. And I go, what? What is that? And you had that little... Green Bar- creme like, de mint. That little and, book, that bartending book, whatever. Yeah, it was. they gave me the Boston bartending, That's but right. that thing's a mess mm-hmm. because it's muddled and yeah. take a teaspoon of this and that. Yep. But they, sure enough, the people who came in, they would be able to tell you this is how yep. I like it. And Here, that's what like I was that, told. My, my first day of bartending. Again, that's the difference between bartending then right. and bartending bar- now. Bartending right. now, I guess. I was going to, I was going to mix it up, but at the end of the day, everyone's they're all bartenders. But like, yeah, it would be like. My first day, I was like, I don't know. And I, I was studying the book the night before. Like, right, oh me too. And I was like quizzing myself yes. and whatever. That's the only reason I know because you what, didn't a, what a gin be, ricky is from that you book. You didn't want to be caught not knowing a drink, right? right? How right. serious you take. You funny? lied I... on your resume. <laughs> and then, sure <laughs> enough, I went into the bartender. I go, look, I've never done this. She goes, everyone knows. It's, it's going to be like whiskey and Coke or je- you know, like like vodka soda. It's like always everyone knew what they wanted. Yeah, everybody knows their drink. Everyone That's their the drink. secret. If you're going to bartend, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows their drink. You can yeah. just start. You don't need to train well, yourself. Well, if you're going to bartend in the 80s, yes. then that's true. You know, there was a lot of crime, too, and I remember uh, – especially in New York, they said, we're going to give you a lie detector test before we hire you here. And I said, what? And they go, well, a lot of money passes through these bartenders and people take it. And and I said, how exactly is that? And they wouldn't tell me, but I soon learned (laughs) what that was. (laughs) Right. You know, you order drinks, you take the cash, you put it in your pocket. Right, right, right. Um, How did they implement that lie detector test? I don't know, but I know I did take it. But like, were you electrodes and stuff? 
Yeah. Like like the like the old No, they CIA hooked stuff? me up. Yeah, yeah, a guy with glasses looking mm-hmm. down. He's uh-huh. nodding. Or have you He's ever nodding. uh and pictured now I know naked. for a fact ah! I lied uh, twice on that one and <laughs> I did there was some questions just like that's a little too personal correct me if I'm wrong and I'm going to lie just, if you, what if you just lie throughout the whole thing well I mean if you think about if you're not prepared for this test yeah. right so I'm I'm uh, at the time on the receptionist for Saturday Night Live then there's a writer strike I just need to get a job to yeah. support myself so I go down there I know how to bartend and I had done it before I remember one of the questions was, and it's tough. You're sitting there unprepared, and they go, have you ever stolen anything at all before? And, you know, if you have a brain like mine that really gets granular and small to, does that mean ketchup packets that I wasn't entitled to? steal someone's You know, I can can think of 10. I stole somebody's parking spot once because I needed to, and I didn't. Those those things ran through my head for about eight seconds. Right. What is stealing? So wait, so what did you say, though? You think you said no? I said no, but I wasn't. I know I wasn't sure, and I definitely felt the sphincter no. squinch up. I don't think they had the sphincter no, uh, monitor on at that point. But I had never shoplifted before, and mm-hmm. I was raised right. I never stole. So here, anything, here you are in this in this millisecond. What about ju- stealing Wi-Fi? Justi- justifying your answer. Well, did, well, did well I just know I was like, Wi-Fi, well, did, Wi-Fi didn't exist. I'm not. Then. I'm not getting that job. I <laughs> yeah. know I'm not getting the yeah. job because there were two or three questions I just lied straight out lied about. I thought I but, remember at the time. But you got it. I got it. Yeah. 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 And boy, did I rob them blind. I just, <laughs> I owe them at least $30,000. They shouldn't have told me that no. they were so uh, susceptible to, st- to theft. This because, was Pedro yeah. O'Harris. <laughs> I don't know if it's still there. South Street Seaport. Pedro, uh, Pedro O'Harris. If you're there, we statute were, limitations, you're fine. We had, uh, and I didn't steal, I'm joking, but we had the How mob. How we know? You're, you're, we you're had, a liar. We had the doormen uh, were uh, armed and they were mob. They were mob-related, nice. all connected, and that's because the Wall Street clientele that would roll in there at 4 o'clock were just animals. They were fucking animals. By the way, you at some point served the Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, I definitely the did. The actual person. What I remember from the job, aside from the insanity and how much money we did make from it, was um, getting off on a shift one morning at 4 in the morning. Mm-hmm. You had to clean up, and it was, and I was hanging out. You're like you got out at 4, yeah. It didn't. It was like a Saturday night. I had nothing to do on Sunday, so we're hanging out, smoking cigarettes, having a drink, and the sun's coming up. And I'm like, "Are you going to take the subway home?" As I got up, I looked out uh, off the pier there at the sun coming up, and there's a big floater, dead body, just floating up. Certainly, most likely dumped by our own doorman, (laughs) (laughs) or one of the doormen, and swollen like uh, like an oysterette that had been in clam chowder too long. You know, when it's been sitting there for hours. So I I bartended. Just raked them up in the Hamptons. What a what a Great night. <laughs> I, I bartended in the Hamptons. Um, so really the same kind of crowd. They went out there for the weekend. And and we had, a, unfortunately, several instances of, of floaters. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. Of people who died from drinking or just no, their bodies it was, were tossed? Th- there was just a – I was there for two summers. There was one summer that was just – it was just horrible with that kind of stuff. I mean, like – and here I am making – Great money. I mean, the money was right. like, ridiculous. Yes. And to put it in perspective, I think one time, like, I think maybe I left with like $700 in tips. Yeah. And this was yeah. like 20 years ago. Yeah. It was amazing. It's big. Um, and and so, yeah, that was when... See, that's why I don't think guys these days are making that money, <laughs> because they're taking five minutes, 10 minutes to make a drink perfect yeah, but, for some... Yeah, but that's a place that's open all the time. Like, like... In the Hamptons, it was like it's like you know what? It, fine, you didn't you pride months. yourself on speed and execution and flipping? But I used to do that. I I was moving so quickly. I just had. I, it was like right. the shift was over. I had no. Let idea me tell you on. another story. See Please. if you can relate to this. Regale. One. All right. There. When I was eighteen, I was working at Hands 
which is uh, next to Crickets and Lilies, where I worked in mm-hmm. when I was going to college. So I was kind of putting myself through college, right? There was a bartender there named Shep, right? And mm-hmm. I was the barback. Um, I was also the Moosehead Moose. But Shep used to, if he what had a- the Moosehead Moose, what does that mean? I would dress up like a moose on Thursday nights and hand out beer okay, for people Thursdays. when I was 18. Yeah. yeah, sure. I remember one particularly horrible incident where I leaned into the vinaigrette, vinaigrette dressing up to my shoulder, mm. and it never came out of the costume. Anyway, <laughs> irrelevant sidebar. Shep, and this shocked me because I was just a kid from a small town in Massachusetts. When he had uh, a, a jerk customer, they'd say, Shep, give him the worm. And he would stir the drink, the guy's drink, with his dick. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> no, it's the worm. It's and I saw this salty... many times yeah. at Houlihan's. And I think now <laughs> it's over 20 years, so I can... I'm not even sure Houlihan's still exists anymore. No, now that, were, now that drink's on the menu. There were two... <laughs> it is, right. There were three worms, at least, a night that I knew of because of that kind of edgy Boston clientele. Do you remember horrible horror stories of I, at one like point... That? All right, so just put keep this, like, this, this synergy... <laughs> Uh, there was this place in the Hamptons called the Bordy Barn, and it was just a just a shit show. And there was a guy who would come, and they called him the Maloney Man, uh-huh. and he would dress up and make up and cover his face. And hold what is giant, Maloney? What is well melon? Oh, okay. So he'd come with a giant watermelon grass skirt, and and he would come and do this big ceremony, right. and then he would stab it with a giant knife, whatever, and then like a Hawaiian thing. Yeah, but just, you know, the, the trashiest possible version of one. Okay. L- the Long Island version of one. And then he would pull out all the guts and then fill it with booze. Right. And then he would poke a hole with, like, a nine-inch nail or whatever, and then he would pour it so everyone could, like, drink out of it. And right. It was, like, this big ceremony. And so the bar that I was working at was called the Polo Grounds. But the guy just decided before that summer to change the name from Polo Grounds, which was, like, known throughout Long Island and the Hamptons. People would go there all the time. He wanted to change it to McBee's House of Brews, right. which immediately just made business go from like 100 to 3. It, right. was, it was amazing. Opening night, there was like 17 people there. Right. And normally, they kept the name. It was just – it was the weirdest thing. So he was just grasping at straws, anything we could do to like get, get you know people in there. So he told me – if I want to keep my job, I have to become the, the Maloney man because I think the Bordy Barn <laughs> stopped doing it. And so he wanted to keep it alive. He was throwing everything. So I remember I came out this one time with this music dress, <laughs> and I have a photo of it, and like dress like this crazy guy. It's and the like, worst name. So, Why not the Melon Man? What is you know, the Maloney? Every, everything. I, well, I think it was Melanie, he, and it just changed. I, it look, makes I don't no know. no sense. But it was stolen. So I, I stole. would watch the Melon Man, but not Maloney Man. No, it was horrible. Because it was associated with a different bar. It was like the whole thing was just. Uh. So messy. Yeah, yeah. He and, really and I tell you what, I also the same year before that, I was working at this new place called Catalina Grill, which mm-hmm. is a weird name for, and it wasn't even on the water or whatever. <clears> and <throat> and so opening night, but they this, had jazz up. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just a, you know, all those places like this is Hampton based. This isn't this isn't the upscale Hampton mm-hmm. and uh, Hamptons. And so um, this guy opening night, I'm a bartender. I had the back bar, big place, you know, planning a big night. And they open the doors. A guy comes back, and I serve him a beer or whatever. And and there's a, there's a bar, there's a bouncer or whatever. And then a cop comes. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna serve you a beer, but I'll serve you a you know a water or whatever. And he's like, no, nah, I need to talk with you in the back. I'm like, so me and the owner go back, and he's like, you just served a minor. I'm like, you're kidding oh boy. me. You're kidding. Me. I said, there's a bouncer. He's like, I know, but they didn't check this guy's this is ID. The I'm biggest like, crime on the East Coast. So wait, he... so so that's on me? Yeah. The bouncer it is. did it. It was, yeah. it, it was it was it was the worst thing. <clears throat> right. Then the guy, the, the owner. But goes, you're technically the guy who served him. 
I remember hearing the speech from the owners. But you know what it was? It was the bouncer. So they took a guy who was like 20, just right. joined the police force. The bouncer was a buddy of his and let him in. Oh. But, uh, you know, that's the only reason the guy got in. because like, oh, yeah, right, go ahead, right. whatever. Thinking he was like being cool. And so the owner goes, don't worry, I'll, we'll take care of it. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll get it fixed up, whatever. There's a court date and all that kind of stuff. And then the place went out of business. <laughs> Great. So then I had to go join an- I had to go to another bar, and then I said instead of me, he, the guy had a friend who was an attorney. He knew he's like, I'm not going to pay you an hourly wage, but I'm going to take care of your whole court thing. You just work for tips. It was it was it wow. was a good good summer. Is that has that liability disappeared? Because I think I was around for the birth of the bartender liability. I remember the very no first meeting yeah. when the manager sat down. and He goes, "From now on, <laughs> at yeah. least in Massachusetts, yeah. if you serve someone who's drunk, they're gonna you're gonna get in trouble." I'm like, right. "What me? What did I do? Right, right, right. I can't control what people order." Right. Even you if the serve- owner says, even if the owner said, "Serve him," yeah, and you did. It's yeah. still on you. Yeah, I know that whole thing changed, and yeah. it seems like now it seems like fraught with danger well, to be a bartender. It, 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 Luckily, though, we do have things like Uber and Lyft that are just fantastic for removing that, you know. Yeah, but even if they fall on their face. Yeah. You know, you serve them. Anyway, we're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, travel pants. Travel pants! This is Spike's Car Radio. With over 20 years in the business, Pelican Parts is a trusted resource for new replacement parts for your Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, and other European cars. Keep your car running smoothly and avoid costly repair bills by learning how to do it yourself with thousands of free step-by-step guides. I've been there. I've used the guides. They work. They carry everything you need, tools, car care products, and aftermarket accessories. If you have any questions, they have qualified auto experts on hand who are happy to help you find exactly what will fit. Plus, a thriving forum community with like-minded gearheads like Spike Ferriston who can help with tips and tricks on your next project. The thousands of parts they have in stock ensures that they'll be on time for your weekend wrenching. Plus, they offer free shipping on qualified orders over 99 bucks. Just call 888-280-7799 or order online at pelicanparts.com. Pelican Auto Parts. Fix it, drive it, love it. You're listening to Spike's Car Radio. Is that trail fans like mine? No, is that something different? We're back. Spike's Car Radio. <laughs> What are what are travel pants? What are travel pants? Is that my company? Well, I have a travel jacket. I know you have a travel jacket. You want to talk about travel pants? But I wanted to ask you about travel pants Let's because Go ahead. my Instagram feed, you know, it's you're on Instagram. Yeah. You know how you'll see a new thing appear on your Instagram feed, uh, and then yeah. suddenly you'll see guys wearing these. Oh, things. I did see that. I did. Travel pants seem to be everywhere. Yeah. You got to get the Mac Whalen or something. Travel pants. Yeah. Mac Weldon. Yeah. Travel pants. Yeah. Right. You're not traveling. What do you travel in jeans? And I'm going. And I go. Well, shoot, Spike. You're going to St. Bart's in a couple weeks. Yeah. I got to get travel pants. I'm a travel man. Travel man without please, travel please pants. Please tell me you did. And I bought. I bought the Mac Weldon travel pants. Okay. okay. But then I've been noticing, like the guys in my life are suddenly walking around in their travel pants. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What else do you do in pants but travel? <laughs> no, I mean, like, mean? What, 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 what other uses are there for pants other than getting from one point to another? Well, then I another? started thinking about uh, the late-night commercials with the Scotty vest mm-hmm. and, and, and this ad that's on all the time and this guy who's got a vest with a thousand pockets in it and like he's got to carry all his yeah, crap. like a photographer. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, of fish. are people really carrying that much stuff that they need a Scotty vest? It's, it's, it's the fact of whether <laughs> – it's the fact that if you, you're prepared, should you need to? And then you – and I saw you were coming on the show, yeah. and you have your own line of yeah. jackets? Yeah. And what is it called? Uh, Adventure. Adventure. 
and you're in this world, and you can now explain to me this market, which seems to be booming. I want to understand. I should have brought right? your jacket, but so 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 the but so wait. First of all, first yeah. question. Yeah, sure. Travel pants. Should I wear the travel pants when I travel? Are you not wearing them now? <laughs> no. How did you get here? Uh, well, did you I, teleport? You I, I didn't just travel walked, to work? I just walked in. But I, you, as you see, I have my briefcase. You'd, but You wouldn't have needed the briefcase had you travel pants. I, I liked the way the travel pants looked, and I and I thought I'm taking a bunch of different flights. I thought I'd be able to sleep in the travel pants. Okay. Do you recommend travel pants? I, you sold me on them. <laughs> yeah. I sold you. I You're the expert. I You're supposed to tell me definitively whether this was a good idea I'm not, or not. Who, I'm not the expert in travel pants, but well, what I'm e- an expert in travel, and I and I own <laughs> pants. So I'm halfway there. <laughs> Why? What? I, he, here's, here's the up- you, But as an expert in travel, do we need travel pants? You do. You, you do. do. Here's here's the uptick in, in, in travel. There's now been there's now this system yes. that we get rewarded for traveling. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. whatever. Mostly Instagram. So now you get you literally can get points for going someplace. Those points are are accolades, right? In the form right. of a like. And so people are now traveling more than ever. National parks attendance is like double of what it was mm-hmm. five six years ago. And so if if travel is, is an industry that is booming, then, of course, you're going to need pants to go with it. But the inter- here's the interesting thing about but wait, pants. Wait, well, tell me what you sell. You sell the travel jacket. So I have travel jackets. Okay. So here's what my – so I have a, a hoodie, a fleece, and a windbreaker, and a, and a parka. And so that's he, it. You A nice, small selection. Yes. I'm not yeah. going to go to your site and be overwhelmed with no, choices because no, I don't like so. that. You might be overwhelmed with excitement. I like that. Over what you because if you got excited about pants, my goodness, sir! When I you saw see a your jacket, stuff and I liked it. Yeah, I, I want um, you to sell me on it though. Right now, I want you to sell me a coat. So, and I wish I would have brought one because when you see it, you get it. But I did see it. I did. I, I, I had a, so I had a chance of, to have a little lunch, and I and I went up on your site and I liked everything I saw. Now so I want every, you to tell you. me more before so I buy every, one. So everything, uh, all of the jackets, everything convert into pillows. So if you I walk like in onto, right. onto, onto a plane, yes, even up in first class yes. Emirates, I know I can I can tell. Um, <laughs> Never that, like, been. And, and you get not me. Like, even if you get the pillows that they use even up there, yes, they're just not great. If you they I don't in coach, they don't even do that anymore. Why well, these, these 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 chintzy little pillows? I know, or you, you know, I've been the guy them. with the stupid neck pillow and right. the carry on. And then what? Walking. Do, and then what do you do with it? Yeah, yeah. And I don't like it. So so if you walk in with like our fleece or windbreak or anything like that, you in about three seconds, you can turn it into a pillow. And some people might say, well, I'll just wrap up my jacket and make it no. a pillow, but it doesn't stay right. know, trim like that. So if you take one of those, like the parka is amazing because it's this huge, fluffy pillow, and you just like go right to sleep. And then you have lots of pockets. And then you have lots of pockets because when you're so traveling, t- you, yes. just, you just don't know what you'll need. Right. And then, so we've- I, a, I can tell you what I need. Please I need me. places to hide stuff. Drugs. <laughs> no. Children. <laughs> I use, Sometimes I travel with an extra watch, mm-hmm. and I don't want to put that in my backpack and throw it up and get it banged around. Yeah, so sure. I do like a ticket pocket, I got a money pocket, an extra watch yeah. pocket. Then there's, and some then hidden, there's some hidden pockets as well. And some hidden stuff, right. But they all need to be sort of balanced, and I think that's the reason why there's – I mean, I know that's the reason why we have many pockets, because you don't want to overfill something. If I reach into this pocket mm-hmm. – you know, I want to pull out what's in there. I don't want to have to go fishing for things. Like, like I, if I see something that's happening real quick and I have a camera or my phone, whatever, I want to re- reach in and grab it and that's it. Or my wallet, I know my wallet's here. The sunglass pocket, that's here and it's, fe- it's fleece lined so you know your, your glasses are protected. Over here, this is a beverage pocket, mm-hmm. you know. And that's like, it was, it's kind of a, 
it was sort of started as a novelty, but but there's so many uses for it. Like it's it's a koozie pocket to keep like your drink cold. <laughs> but so many times you'll just want to have your hands free. You can even put like I I went to like I walking my dog, walked to Starbucks, got a coffee for myself. My wife texted me she wanted one, so I'm like, okay, how do I carry two coffees and have the leash for my 165 pound dog? I mm-hmm. just couldn't do it. So I'm like, oh, I was wearing the hoodie, so I just put the coffee in there and then I was fine I got home whatever so like <clears throat> wow. a lot of a lot of uses you put a coffee in a jacket I put a coffee and it kept it warm wow yeah all right I want that jacket your pants can't you do that you just sold me your pants can't do that a GT2 RS can do that I've been doing that in an old Porsche to, uh, not an old Porsche a new Porsche mm-hmm. which uh Did you know, cup holders it had a cup holder a cup holder <laughs> and it had uh it had uh, no manual transmission it had a PDK and Did- I was driving around today with a cup of coffee and I really loved it I've had a glorious morning bouncing around meetings Did you order the electric one yet <clears throat> You know I talked to a dealer last night take- about it Taycan 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 Yeah that's how they pronounce it and they said uh and he you know started down the road he did with all of these special cars he's like you know they've all been promised They've got more orders for that car at this dealership than they have uh, an allocation. Yeah, which means they're going to be hard to get. They've already right. doubled the production on that. I car. saw that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. It's going to be. It's you know super successful. I think that, you know at least here in the west side of L.A. and L.A. Yeah, right. people <laughs> want they want something different than the Teslas. They're uh-huh. they're around, you uh-huh. know. But I don't know. I you know I have a little bit of trouble with electric cars because I still haven't felt the soul of the car. You know, and maybe what have you driven? I've a bunch? driven everything. Okay, yeah, and you know, I I like them for the first couple of days, and then something keeps me from desiring them. Yeah, after about three or four days. Yeah, you know, whereas a GT2 RS or you know even just a normal 911, they're you know I can't wait to get in. Did it you on get the a ride in the the Roadster, the Tesla Roadster? No. No, I saw some footage of it yesterday. Super fast. It's ridiculous, yeah. I know. But then, you know, I think of golf carts. I don't, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I know I, don't, I know what you're saying. You it's, know what I mean? It's, it's, the, it's, it's, it's the rumble. It's yeah. And at the same time, I don't like being at the gas pump every three or four days, and I don't like polluting. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's just going to take me a little longer. And I have, a, I have a car in this spot that's my daily, that's my family car, that I think may eventually go electric, where I don't – the expectation is pretty low. It's like – Everything, get, everything way sooner than we think is just going to be electric. So. Right, yeah, in the next couple of years. Yeah. But, but, but still – you know, we'll have the old cars around. I don't know. We're, so yes. we're, an, enth- we're an enthusiast, Joe. So yes, so. my jacket will keep your coffee warm. I like your jacket. <laughs> I like your jacket. I think you should now branch out to the travel pants. Um, pants are so much... I'm so scared of pants. Because jackets like... What size jacket do you wear? Uh, medium. Medium. Okay. I'm a large. And I'm pretty much a large in right. uh, in everything. Pants, pants are tough. you got the waist, you got the <clears> length, you got all kinds of stuff happening. And it's just like... It's just... It's like it's the same reason why I wouldn't want to go into shoes. Right. There's just there's so many more. So so. But you know, the, I'll tell you on the Instagram, the travel pants are sold on the fashion shot. There's there's always a shot of the guy in the travel pants mm-hmm. with the cuffs rolled up, mm-hmm. and he's got these he sharp white, sharp white sneakers. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, ooh, I want to be that guy. Yeah. Right. And then sure enough, I see those guys who who want to be that guy wearing those pants. The interesting thing is with our hoodie, so our our main product is the hoodie. Mm-hmm. And so but we this year branched out What into, is the hoodie made of? I love hoodies. It's made of? Yeah, what fabric? What? Uh it's a blend, so it's like a I think it's 8020 uh cotton polyester. Oh. So okay. that it, it can breathe and then mm-hmm. it has this shape retention. Okay. Um but it uh we sold out in like 
four days. Really? Yeah. Wow. And and then but we have our parkas. So um, what happens in that? Why don't you make more? Well, that's we, we just have to. I don't have the same neighbor <clears throat> that you have, so I need to. Right. Yeah. So we're having another Kickstarter. Uh, in a month for our new And where do you backpack. make them? Do you make them here in LA or do you make them overseas? No, you know what's crazy? Um, we we manufacture them overseas, so right. in, in China, um, which I think is different. Have you been over there? No, yeah. never. No, it's, never. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just whether, for whatever reason, it's just different than what people are imagining. Um, and so our company is a very high tech company that like is, is green. It's greener than a lot of companies mm-hmm. in, the, in the U.S., um, and, uh, but, but we kind of put a, a pin in it and said, like, I said, no, I want to make them here. I want to make the stuff here. So I talked to the best factories that I could to have the hoodies made over here. And the, what was amazing is at the end of the day, they were ordering all of the components from the fabric to the, the trimmings, the webbings, the buckles, the buttons, all that kind of stuff from China. And then they're just putting it together over right, there. Right. They're assembling it. Right. But, but, but then they wanted some parts of that to be done over there so the assembly mm-hmm. here was less and it, and so it's like I'd love to bring the work here but again I've been over there this is a way longer conversation uh, I've I've seen the pollution and everything that's come from manufacturing right and I don't want that over here right this is you know it's we complain about LA smog <clears> but <throat> like the I mean, yeah, that's that's a completely different story. So anyway, over there, and then my my bags are made in Vietnam because they are the best at them. So what is uh, and I don't remember. Okay. I was there. What's the cl- what's the uh, the big drink in Vietnam these days? <laughs> the one I remember everything when I was there was still like it was like uh, 1965 maybe, and the apocalypse now. The bar mm-hmm. they had a bar playing the music, and yeah. everything was still the 60s. Do they have a, like uh, a big drink saying. scene um, there? I'm just talking about like for yeah. for for folks listening, like where do we want to go for a booze vacation that's interesting? We can learn about the culture. Not and- Vietnam, first of all. <laughs> we okay. started there. They they have something which is kind of interesting. So back when I shot there, now I go there for work, a different right, work now. Right. But when I shot there, they were known for what's called beer hoy, which means beer of the day. And so we um, uh, pasteurize mm-hmm. our beer. So killing off anything in it that's going to so once it leaves the factory, it's basically like <laughs> get, dead, yeah. you know. Yes. And then theirs is is still sort of fermenting, <laughs> so you can only really have it for a day or two before it goes bad. Wow. So the breweries would deliver the beer every day, fresh, fresh. Yeah. And the the method of delivery over there was is scooter. Right. So you see yeah. these guys with these giant tanks on scooters. Wow. Um, and with if, ducks, do you know the guys with ducks and the whole family on one scooter? If you, do you remember I those? Took, I took a picture of six people on a scooter right six six one of them was an infant we yeah. know it was gonna be the first one they would throw in the event of a crash but like it's it's amazing i love driving there in ho chi Minh. they don't have any signs you, no do you do it you drove a scooter there yeah yeah oh here's what we did look up the statistics we would just we would walk out uh-huh. and put our hands up mm-hmm. and immediately guys on motorcycles oh they pick you up like would Uber. stop no no they would stop and we'd go I want your motorcycle for the day. And they go, okay. And we would give them 20 bucks. Stop. And we say, we'll meet you back here at four o'clock. Yeah. And then we would be off on little motorcycle adventures yeah. and drop the bike back off. That's yeah. how you rented motorcycles. Now, get, now, I was there about. How did you find your way around? 18 years ago. That was the fun. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was the inevitability of it. But you'd come into these intersections where there are five, six roads yep. all coming together with mm-hmm. no traffic mm-hmm. lights. Nope. And the first day, it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And the second and third day, you get into the flow and the rhythm. Yeah. And you go, all right, well, you know, if I go down, I'm getting on a helicopter to Thailand. But we, we all did fine. But My saw- friend did fall. He did get hurt once, but outside of Vietnam, we if were- If he would have fallen inside- People wouldn't have stopped. Flying. Yeah, you just get run over. You would get run over. I know that was part of the and, fun. And I saw, but just, the, but for the most part, traffic flows together very beautifully. For the beautifully. most part, the world works. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But when it doesn't, it's, it's horribly <laughs> goes horribly bad. But that's the same odds driving around L.A. with people I on their iPhones. It's true. At least you're, you're, I saw a woman yesterday almost hit me. She was she had a handicap sticker. She was about thirty five and she was on her phone mm-hmm. and she was eating. <laughs> she was doing all of it. Yeah, just almost ran me over in her minivan. At least like, you were protected in your protected in your cage. <sighs> I saw a guy carrying a ladder. What's wrong with that? Over his head <laughs> on a scooter. Oh, this is in Vietnam. In Vietnam. Okay. So he's got one hand on the. Don't you need two, I love hand, it. Don't you need two hands? Yes. I don't know. I love so that. he had one hand on the handlebars and he had a, he had a ladder, like, a, like mm-hmm. an eight foot ladder. And the middle of the ladder was over his head. So the front of the ladder was to the front and the back of the ladder was to the back. And that's just like, I don't know if he didn't love his head where it was, but it wasn't going to last all day. No, that's what's great about that country. Well, <laughs> we have, uh, we've had a good time today. You come back uh, whenever you like. You've been listening, of course, to Zane Lamprey. Is it Lamprey? Sure. Lamprey. Yes, that's correct. Okay, yeah. good. My brother and says Lamprey. He's got shows all over Drink TV, which is launching on Roku. Uh, it's also on Apple TV. That's probably where I'm going to catch up with it. You can also uh, download the app, I'm guessing. Yeah. DrinkTV.com. If, if you go to foursheets.com, that'll take you to my podcast, my store, the show. All so this. that's your yeah, website. Four, okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, foursheets is Foursheets.com. And uh, you can also listen to him here at uh, Podcast One. He's got uh, the hit podcast. I just made you a hit. It's Zane's how did you do that? World. All of a sudden in a day. It is, it is, it is by the way, the best podcast. <laughs> that's ever, what I hear. Ever that's invented. word. That's word in the hallway here. Ever invented. People talking about next it. to Adam Carolla. People are talking about it. All right. We'll see you next week on Spike's Car Radio. Quick before we go, 60 seconds. That's exactly how long this commercial lasts. You know what else you can do in about a minute? Get an offer with your car from True Car. That's right. In the amount of time it takes to floss your teeth, pet your dog, do a few sit-ups, just listen to my voice, you can get a True Cash offer. Best of all, you can do it from your smartphone or at home. Just go to True Car and simply enter your license plate number and watch how your car's details pop up. Answer a few questions and you'll get an accurate True Cash offer from local True Car certified dealer. It's that easy. After that, you can bring your car in and they'll check it out with you together, the two of you. You can even hug if you want. You can ask questions, get the answers you need so there's no surprises, and simply leave your check or trade in your car for a new ride. So when you're ready to experience a new, better way to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car today. Thanks for listening to Spike's Car Radio. Download new episodes every Wednesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com.